Hello, people. Welcome to the Yes Girl podcast. Oh my god. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> hello. Anyway, Sage. Sage. That's our new buzzword. Yes. That's when we need to just clear the air. Clear the space. And fresh. just start fresh. Yolanda, Corey, Charlie. Charlie. Hi, boo. I love us back together, you guys. I mean, I know this is the second time, but I'm just still excited. Reunited and it feels so good. Hey. Mm. <laughs> Give you the auntie. Hey! <laughs> the Jennifer Lewis. Oh. She no one does it better than her, okay? Nobody. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Y'all, wait a minute. Yolanda pulled up this video of Jennifer Lewis and Josh Gad oh my God. from the set of The Wedding Ringer, oh and I've been God. wanting to watch it again. Please. I'm going to watch it again, so please do that. It's so good. Have she you seen it? She steals every scene. Yes. Oh, my God. Hilarity. Oh, so All right, good. we're going to work on getting Jennifer Lewis for the podcast. Yes. First, I am claiming that for 2018, if not 2017. Yes. But who's on the show this week? Girl, Gabrielle Union. Wow. She we has, did that. We live. did that live. 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 Mic drop. No, I'm just what kidding. up? What it was up? A, yeah, she came here. We had a live interview with Gabby. I called her Gabby. I don't know if people call her Gabby. I think people I call, call her Gabby. Gabby. Okay, yeah, me yeah. too. She's my friend in my head. Yeah, and kind of in real life. She's yes. promoting her first book called "We're Going to Need More Wine," which is the best title ever. It so is good. everything ever in life for a book. It is like a memoir. Your best friend in a book, and it was great. She took questions. She was looking fabulous. Yolanda, you and her had a hair moment. Yes, you did. Yes, yes because, you know, me and Gabby are such good friends, right? Yes, you follow each other on Instagram. <laughs> I'm kidding. These are facts. So anyway, we rock the same. Well, she did for a weekend because she's Gabrielle Union, and I may probably rock it longer than her. But there's these fabulous braided wigs, you guys. If you ever want, like, a quick, they're Senegalese twists, and they're micro, and they're really beautiful, and they're made by Latched and Hooked. And they're really great. A black woman makes them, and go get you a wig, girl. And Gabby had one, so that's why. Oh, okay, and it's cute. Black it was really hair. cute. It's so cute. Mm. Well, we want to first open up. Well, we've been opening up, but um, Twitter love. it's Twitter love time. And we've got some doozies for you. I'm going to start it off with Stephanie Windsor, Steph Win 10. She's a friend of the podcast. I've seen her a couple of times talking to us. But she quoted, if you can't respect love and appreciate all that a black woman is, rethink your existence. And she was mm. quoting Jesse Smollett. Hey. Girl, he said that thing. He and it said was that. still so lit. That's still one of my all-time faves. Okay, next up we have AJ at Kia Cassie. They said, high five with the emoji, yes, to Demetria McKinney on Yes Girl Podcast. If I got pregnant again, I would name the baby Sabotage. <laughs> <laughs> OMG. <laughs> one and done. That was that hilarious. Was my favorite moment that in that. Was. She was that so was. real with that. And her face when she, when so I she was dead serious. We she were was, all like, did she just say Sabotage? Sabotage. And she was dead serious. Shout out to Mimi Cute Lips at Mimi Cute Lips. Uh, she says, every time I listen to Yes Girl Podcast, I talk back like they can hear me i know they can't but it's a good girl talk yay yes boo welcome to the circle now i want to give a special shout out to an artist her name is karen revis she's actually a a, an artist she's a fan of the podcast and she called me up and you know you get we you know we have our day job so i got this call and i was kind of she's like i want to come and drop something off and i was like there's a messenger service you can go there she's like well if you're at the desk will you come get it and something in my spirit said Yes, tell her you will come downstairs. So I went downstairs and she gave us these beautiful prints. And she was inspired by our Kim Kimball podcast. And they are of 
pressing combs or hot combs that are designed as nunchucks. And they are beautiful. And I just want to read you quickly what she wrote. She goes, I recently discovered your podcast and now you are a regular part of my studio art making routine. I'm a 56 year old black woman who grew up reading Essence magazine and I'm so happy it has branched out and is still growing. I appreciate you ladies keeping me in the loop of the black of black culture and thanks for keeping me company in my studio. It feels like I'm hanging with friends. Yay. I love it. So thank you you so much. Take a look at the print she gave us um, at Revisionary Prints and it's R-E-V-I-S-I-O-N. A-R-Y print. She's on Instagram and they're adorable and we love you and thank you. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much. I can't Karen. wait to get mine framed. Yay. Moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hot topics? Girl. Hot topics. There's so much to happen this week. I will admit I missed, <laughs> I missed the main event. How? I oh. was at the party. Oh, okay. okay she, was, you had a, she was busy. Was hanging busy. out with celebrities. Okay. So, you know. yes. so Gucci Man and Keisha Kaor finally got married. I love how you said her last name. I mean, because it's right. Oh, I, okay. I was like, I need a study guide. I don't really know who Keisha Kior is, but you Kior know or Kior? I think right. it's Kior. Kior. Mm-hmm. But I had to, that's why I paused, because you guys know I'm known to butcher a situation. <laughs> but anyway, um, I t- tuned in a little bit because it was my, our wedding anniversary, 1017. It was a very good day, um, seven years ago. But and anyway, we tuned into the wedding, and I have to say the reason I tuned in also was because our wedding planner, Kathy Romero, nice. at Kathy Romero on Instagram, is Gucci Man and Keisha's wedding planner. You got a celebrity wedding planner? Girl. Girl. Yes. yes. She did our wedding. You should have led with okay. that. I should have, right? She did our wedding seven years ago. She nice. killed it. Nice. She's incredible. But she did their wedding, and now that I see the clips, it looks like Keisha kind of gave her hell. So Ooh, she really did probably that. for TV. Okay, yes. probably for the cameras. Yeah, yeah, but go Kathy. I tuned in to support her. Yeah. Is We're still true? friends. I heard that they the wedding cake was so high that they used a sword to cut it. Girl, that wedding cost yeah. one point seven million dollars. Yeah. There were diamonds and crystals hanging from the ceiling. Yes, I think she wore an all diamond, all crystal, everything. I Keisha saw looked her amazing. Her bouquet. She did, and, and Gucci just couldn't even help himself. Like he was just so emotional. It was that part was really beautiful. The whole thing was beautiful. I mean, um, no, it was beautiful. I think um, it, was it was really beautiful, beautiful to see story. that kind of black love on television. It I feel was. it's just really always good. I always love the good. other couples that came. Like two chains and his wife yeah. came. Was Monica there? Monica, Monica was there. Was there. Yeah. Looking amazing. She's late. Yeah, I did love the all white. I do love an all white yeah. affair. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Don't hate me for this. I didn't love the runway as an aisle. Like, me either. I didn't like the runway a feel. It felt like a fashion show yeah, more okay. than a wedding to me. It made it feel, I don't know. I'm all for like yeah. an alternative arrangement of the seating, alternative arrangement of wedding seating. But that just felt like a straight up runway. Yeah, it did. It like, did. Like a fashion show. And it took away some of the, you know, just the intimateness of it. Because it felt like even Keisha was like she was two stepping down the aisle, mm-hmm. and I just wanted her to get down the I aisle. To get there, can you get there? It felt like that was the bigger, <laughs> the more there was more emphasis on the walk than the moment at the altar, yeah. and they just looked so in love and so yeah, happy. It was and beautiful. she held this man down for years while really? he was in jail, and she waited for him, and they connected, and they bettered their lives together, and they were getting married. But also, can I just say, don't give me a one hour wedding special and don't get to the ceremony until ten thirty five. Yeah. What? It, it was a yeah. long wait. Grown folks had to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> really. That party was long. Iron clothes. <laughs> it was long. I'm going to have to catch I it on the like, weekend beach. What yeah. happened? People looked amazing. They did, though. Gucci. Okay. All right. <laughs> Speaking of amazing mm-hmm. and talking about a program, Black Twitter, I mean, Black Twitter rightfully 
acknowledged a new Black Panther trailer that came out, which was fucking amazing. I haven't seen it. Don't do <gasps> me. I know. Don't ban me from the kingdom. Don't ban me from the kingdom. Don't banish me. <laughs> I know. You may have to sit in the back. I know. At the theater. I all right. Know. Everybody responded. I mean, everybody. Everybody had everything. the, all the, our sister sites had these great stories. But my favorite is Ava DuVernay's tweet. Well, it actually came from a, at a Watt, a un, underscore A W A T. He did the Black Panther Order of Service, yeah, <laughs> which that. is the introduction. There's a selection, lift every voice and sing, all three verses. Yes. Then there will be the announcements, the after party locations, <laughs> the recognition of visitors, then a selection of, all right. Probably by, by Kendrick. By yes. Kendrick. <laughs> but I was confused because I'm old school. I was like, is that Janet's all right? Like I was confused. Anyway, then there's the introduction of the feature presentation. Then there's a special selection of Before I Let Go. By Mace. <laughs> And then there is the feature feature <laughs> presentation of Black Panther. And then the benediction will be swag surf. <laughs> Hallelujah. We have to swag Hallelujah. surf. Hallelujah. Yes, I Lord. just tell you, yes. I cannot wait to see Black Panther. Everything. I mean, I think we need to go get our outfits. At least by January, your outfit needs to be right. I, can we have pre Can we have a private screening? Can we have a private screening? We need all kind of things. Can we do a little push for you this? You know what? I want a private screening, but I also want a screening with the people. I want I both. Do. Yes. I do. I got to go to 125th Street You know Street what I mean? For this. Like, I need to go in my neighborhood. I go to Linden Boulevard. Okay. Yeah, that's the that's you know that's people have Henny in in the bag. Yeah, yeah. you know, I have a good black theater near me. Yeah. I gotta find that. You know what? I, I actually <laughs> like want to go to another city. I think I want to go to Chicago for this. Oh, really? Ooh. I don't know why. But commentary. How, what's is, the ooh, countdown? Yeah. How many more days do we have? I don't know. I have to we have pull like, that up. We have like four months because yes. it's February. We're so, going to do this. I just can't wait to see I the think. box office records this movie. Yo. We are going to come through. you got the comic, not like crazy people mm-hmm. who love comics, which, you know, I love them too. Mm-hmm. Then you've got black folk. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this is like the trifecta of yeah. audiences. Yeah. Listen, Who's not going to want to see this movie? Yeah. Listen. <laughs> Folks ain't going to be ready. No. What? I may see it like three or four times. I feel oh, like yeah. it's going to be sold out with, like in five seconds at every That's theater true. for that weekend. So get your, get your phone tickets. reminder tickets ready yeah. for Someone that Someone also, did y'all see this tweet? Somebody already sent in their day off notice. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, he said, he's accrued enough sick time to be out for the whole day. He's like, don't fucking don't come look for me. I might go twice. The back to back. I'm going to be at the theater. Make your own double feature. <laughs> and we may need after parties on Friday, Saturday, and, and Sunday, and the yeah. day party on it Sunday. It shall be at concert. Yeah. Just for the weekend. Yeah. You know? Okay. Anyway, we're excited. Very. <laughs> very, very excited. Oh, so but we, there was some sad news that we received this week. Very sad. Yeah. Um, Michael Knight, he was on Project Runway. He passed away 39 years old. Wow. So young. Yeah. And there's still no details, right? Suddenly it seems. Not yet. Although we found on an older Facebook post of his, he talked about IBS. Um, which is oh god what is that irritable bowel syndrome, bowel syndrome. syndrome. Yeah. Is, can that be fatal but he had his was more severe mm-hmm. so I don't know what it is but we are working on it he was definitely at sick Essence and definitely trying to find out but Charlie you reached out to Sherry Shepard yeah I did I um I reached out to her um over the years you know covering her we've kind of become acquaintance friends I don't know what you even call that but that's my boo <laughs> um and I know that he styled her quite a bit and they were working together on the fashion line so I sent her a text and I was like I'm so sorry for your 
loss. Um, and would you like to share, you know, any memories of him? And she, of course, wrote me right back. She was heartbroken. And she said some really beautiful things that we covered on the site. I'll quote. She said, I started out his, as his client, but we became great friends. I know he's in heaven updating the angels' looks. I can see him telling <laughs> Jesus that his wings are so yesterday and maybe wear coral instead of all white. <laughs> that was a beautiful trip. I love that she said that. I love Me it. Too. Michael. Because he many... clearly sounds like he lived while he was here. Yeah. I mean, yes. he lived his yes. life. Yes. If and... many of you don't remember the name, he was on season three mm-hmm. of uh, Project Runway. And uh, the fans loved him. Yeah, and he was on the All-Stars, too, with Corto Momolu. Mm-hmm. Um, they just had a show at New York Fashion Week last month. Oh. So I'm sure Corto's, like, really devastated as well, yeah. Mm. The fashion community and the community as a whole will miss him. Yes. It's always even harder to see someone's life cut down so short. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he was 39? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So sad. Okay, well, prayers to his family. Absolutely. And... Thank you for being with us. Please continue to talk to us. I'm at Corey Murray. At ManWifeDog on Twitter and at Charlie Penn on Instagram. I'm at Yoli Zama on everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into our live conversation with Gabrielle Union. Because we're going to need some more wine. Yes. So hey everybody. How many of y'all love to can play that game? Woo! Okay. How many of y'all love Deliver Us From Eva? Any B and Mary Jane fans in the house? How about Bad Boys 2? Anyone? Girl. Well, we have the wonderful actress who's also an activist and also an essence multiple cover girl in the house. And yes girl, my yes girl girls. Okay. All right. We are so excited to have Gabrielle Union here. So let's bring up Gabrielle Union! Woo! You wanted the choreography, right? Yes, yes. I was ready. I thought you were going to bust out the choreography. For real. I'm surprised in your book you don't, don't have that started. story. Didn't, get, didn't you have New Edition? Did they perform for you once? Perhaps. Oh, we're Perhaps. just going to get right into it then. <laughs> Not the full, not the full. We we had a BBD. Oh, that's yeah. poison is that's a jam. It worked. It worked. I, w- I was not complaining. Hi, Ronnie. <sighs> I'm like, what's happening? I, oh. oh. So we have. There's some always drinks. time. There's yeah, always there's time. time. <laughs> but as we around. get the um, the drinks situated, oh, you've been an. We're actress. gonna need more wine. You're an activist. Now you're an author. Right off the bat, what made you tell these stories? After years and years and years of therapy, um, I finally felt ready. And by ready, I mean worthy. Um, I'd been asked to write um, many times over the years. Uh, Hill Harper, one of my good friends, asked me to write the the foreword to Letters to a Young Sister. and the response from that, they're like, you gotta write your, you gotta, you know, you, you, you gotta write your own, your own stories. I wrote the op-ed last year that you, you gotta, you gotta write your own stories. But I never felt, A, talented enough as a writer, and B, that my life had enough value to share. Um, and then again, just therapy, therapy, more therapy. I finally got to a place where I felt safe 
enough to share and worthy enough to share. Um, and then, you know, I, I speak around the country and every time I speak, people are like, you really, I really wish there was a book that I could kind of, that captured a lot of what you said so I could kind of use it as a reference. Um, because a lot of what you, you've been going through, I went through it as well. But I felt like I was alone and defective on an island by myself and there was no need. And I started realizing that once you've gone through therapy and you, you are in a good space and you feel worthy and you feel safe, you're kind of a jackass if you don't share. You know, if you have the ability to make someone else um, feel like, feel connected and like they're a part of a community, um, you can inspire hope um, or just to get out of the bed that day, do it, you know. Um, being afraid of judgment um, or being publicly rejected or my words, my life being publicly dissected and rejected, um, that, that, that was a big you know, hurdle to get over. But at the end of the day, just knowing, and again, just like last night, the, the hashtag me too, um, it's, all, it's all worth it. It's always, it's always been worth it every time I've, I've opted to use my voice. So I've, I've put this collection of essays together and uh, I hope that people get something out of it. That's, that's hopefully, the, I mean, that's the goal. And you put it out there. You were unapologetic in your opening. You're like, okay, this is kind of like that first date. We're gonna skip past that. I'm giving you everything. And I, it's okay if you agree or don't agree. This yeah. is my story. Well, I mean, there's and there's plenty of people in my family and <laughs> that I grew agree. up with who are not going to agree. Uh, my ex-husband, for one, probably not agreeing with a lot of probably what's in the book. Not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but at the end of the day, it's my truth, and I mm -hmm. I'm offering it and take it as you will. I will say. I know. I I'm sure as a celebrity, you probably hate when someone says to you your life was my life, but. That first chapter in Pleasanton, California, Girl. when Judy Bloom basically taught you about sex, mm -hmm. that was the book forever. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And I had a similar situation, TMI, with the period in a classroom. And it was a little white boy. It was like, you just got your period. Oh no. And then I didn't have a jean jacket like you did. She came Is that prepared. why you have a jean jacket? Which she day? still wears. <laughs> And my pants were yellow. It doesn't even matter, though. They were yellow. And I'm still thinking about it today at this age. So I love right, how a jean jacket is like your thing. It's now become like your safety. It's like your safety, safety. blanket. Yeah. 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 And it, my jean jacket back in the day used to be covered with the faces of the members of New Edition. <laughs> you could get the little buttons. Um, but yeah, it was, it was what I would always wear because I, I covered in the, in the book as well. But I, I thought your clitoris was the Girl, beginning, the men, the alpha, and the omega. Why would I look any further? Um, so I, I thought you peed out of your, your clitoris. I thought you, um, of oh, course, that's where babies came from um, and why it was so painful because, oh my God, it's so small. Um, and when I got my period, I didn't want to share it with my mom or anyone. It's you know embarrassing. Um, and my mom assumed that her straight A student knew her clitoris from her urethra from her <laughs> vagina. Uh, alas, I did not. So I, I had accidents like consistently every month for like a year and a half. But I started to just like, when I thought it might be coming, I would just carry my jean jacket around to cover the accident that I knew I was gonna be having. Turns out I was, my pad was riding high because I thought I was bleeding from my clitoris. <laughs> 
So I and was Judy always Bloom having didn't talk about that. Page Judy Bloom didn't talk about that specifically. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, she didn't. Okay. And but you're no, giving you page after page of that kind of detail. I know when I was reading it, I was just like, oh my God, there every other page there was a moment where you could just really when you said gifted and talented. That was exactly what the program was called. They oh, used to gay. bus us yes. to that program. And I just that double consciousness, the dual consciousness mm -hmm. of being um, a black woman in like a predominantly white community. And then also going, I, for me, it was West Virginia, going mm -hmm. back home to my family there, same thing. And I was like, okay, Gabby, like you're sharing everything. I, I mean, a lot. How did you remember all that, though? I have to say, like you said you were taking notes and well, texts. A, a, lot, a lot of it... Um, they were, you know, things I had written as like homework assignments with my therapist, things that I never assumed I would ever share with the world. It was just me and my therapist. And a lot of it I didn't even share with my therapist out of a fear of judgment. Um, I don't know if anyone else lies to their therapist. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like, well, how are you going to get help if you don't tell the truth? It was more lying by omission. Um, but I had written it down. I just didn't, a lot of these, you know, things that turned into essays, I just didn't want to share it. Like, perhaps not knowing my clitoris from my urethra from my vagina. That's something you tell me. Yeah. Exactly. Like, how, Have bitch? You... How? How? <laughs> but if you, I mean, you know, when you discover your clitoris at a very young age, it is, it's like going, every day is like going to an amusement park. Um, <laughs> it's always a good time. But it just never occurred to me that there was more, more. I was kind of jealous you discovered your clitoris so young. I'm yeah. just saying. Did you some of us, high? it's like we're like older and it's like, oh my God, oh my God. Right? <laughs> <laughs> when then when you find the words and the courage to be like, you're in the wrong place. This, never mind. Okay, yeah. Nope, no, that feels amazing. Keep pounding away. <laughs> well, I have to say, what I one of the big takeaways clearly I've dog-eared my copy of the book clearly. and but what I love is your forthrightness to say women we are sexual and we can own it yes and I would like to read your oath please okay she says I resolve to embrace my sexuality and my freedom to do with my body parts as I see fit I will learn about my body as I take care of it and get the pleasure I deserve I will share the information with anyone and everyone and not police the usage of any vagina but my own. So help me, Judy Bloom. Yes. I love that. I love that. How long did it take you? I didn't mean to do that, but um, <laughs> how long like, like did it take you to get to this point where you were like, no, goddammit, this is my body and you will not police it? Oof. I mean, it's, and it's well, still today, it's, you know, it's a struggle, you know. Um, when when People Magazine did the the, the um the, their their piece and they talked about my infertility, and I made the the dumb mistake of reading the you know a couple of the comments and the first comment that caught my mind was or that caught my eye, um, she, her infertility is due to all those dicks, wow. and I was like first of all, wow. you don't even know about all the dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, and, and how many dicks is like, oh, now we're in the infertile dick territory. Like, <laughs> like where, what is the bar of dicks that I've, I've shot over? Like, help me understand. And then, you know, and pardon me, I cuss. Can we cuss on this? Absolutely. We can totally And motherfucker, cuss. you wouldn't be here. <laughs> Your mama would be infertile. Because all those dicks. How about that? The trolls will um, take you there. No, the trolls, you the know. The trolls will take you there. But it's like, 
you realize how many people are so invested in what goes in or out of your vagina that don't know you, don't care about you, whether you're you know, in the spotlight or in your hometown, people wanna know. They feel so entitled to what is happening in your vagina or not. And I just got fed up. And it, I mean, it's been more, you know, more recently, but I probably had been fed up since high school, you know, um, when we would sort of surveil the other girls or, you know, junior high, who got their period? Did you get your period? She's one of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? But this constant surveillance of what's happening to women's bodies, you know, oh, she's developing. She's now a bee. Let's see where it goes. You know, like the constant dissection and surveillance of your body and what you do with your body, who you invite into your body. Um, and it, it's, it, it's your choice. And it doesn't make you Mother Teresa if you opt to, you know, not invite, have, have an open invitation. Or, and it doesn't make you the devil if, you know, you enjoy your body. There, but our, our commitment to labeling women who, are, who explore their, their sexuality in a, in a happy, healthy way is so thorough, you know what I mean? Um, and it's, it's jarring and scary, and it makes you want to kind of close into yourself and not share um, the joy that is sex. And when you talk to young women, that those conversations, you know, you, you try to, oh, is it um, go straight abstinence? Is it sex only with someone you love? Is it sex, you know, um, consensual, uh, you know, affirmative consent, uh, plus, uh, you know, the full range of birth control options, but only in the missionary position? Like, do we, you know, we, 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 we completely police ourselves and young women and older women, you know? We, we also have this idea that once you hit, I mean, I don't know what the new bar is, um, I don't know, 50, you know, that it's a rat. vagina closed. Yeah. Like, Which is total bullshit. Yeah, but no, total bullshit. <laughs> you know. But also, I think, Gabby, just to bring us to last night, the tweets that you had about mm -hmm. um, sexual assault and um, also the policing of womanhood. Um, the idea, I think you had a tweet that really kind of stayed with me and you talked about, um, though, which we, you've talked about before, being raped uh, when you worked at a Payless store and you said, uh, I got raped at a Payless shoe store. I had on a long tunic and leggings, so miss me with dress modestly shit. Because we're also trying to police how women dress, and um, I know there was a Donna Karen situation that happened last week when she was talking about Harvey Weinstein, and she said women have to dress a certain way, and I just want to have you talk a little bit more about even the tweets and just that culture of like policing girls and women, you know, you what did you wear in order to get raped, you know? Yeah, I mean, we've been... <laughs> Let's go back. So when we were when when the Harvey Weinstein scandal broke, um, you, you're reading over and over all of the judgment about the women who. Well, why would you go to the hotel? What you that you had to have known what that meant. And I felt the need to offer some context of how our industry works. And a so the you know some of the first tweets were in in Hollywood. Meetings in hotel lobbies, restaurants, suites, 
totally common. Meetings at people's homes by yourself, totally common. Meetings at isolated office space in random parts of town, totally common. So, and, and you can get raped anywhere at any time, any type of person, male or female, shape, shape size, religion, uh, like, haircut, it doesn't matter what you have on, what you look like, where you go, but this idea that these women should have somehow known and they could have saved themselves um, had they just been the right type of woman who, who makes the right type of decisions. Um, I had to call bullshit um, and remind people, and for whatever reason, every time I talk about being raped, it's like, <gasps> what? I didn't know. And it's like I've been talking about it for over 20 years. But for whatever reason, people have decided I'm the right kind of woman and th these things don't happen to the right kind of woman. Um, so I, I feel the need to keep talking about it. Um, and then this idea of, from uh, Maya Bialik, I'm, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing her name correctly, her op-ed in the New York Times where she talked about dressing modestly and I think Roxane Gay tweeted it best when she said, people who dress modestly sure aren't modest about talking about dressing modestly. Um, and I, and I, I had to chime in. It's like, m m modest dressing didn't save me. Modest dressing didn't save a lot of people, most people, because rape isn't about sexual arousal, it's about power and violence. And I had to, I, I want to keep, you know, keep that conversation going. Um, I wanted to remind people that, you know, a lot of times it's women, you know, who lead these, these, you know, th these judgmental witch hunts about, for, uh, you know, against other women. And I reminded them in a tweet that even though I was raped at a shoe store at gunpoint, a female friend, an ally, if you will, asked what I had worn. As if one had something to do with the other. But you have to keep reminding people. And if you dared to look in my mentions, which I don't recommend, or maybe you need to to, to really understand how pervasive this uh, pervasive and deep uh, rape culture is, um, and toxic masculinity, and the rape apologists, all of the excuses for rape. And I just kept going, I just kept tweeting. And then it was like, you know, the difference in how we treat women of color who talk about sexual assault or sexual violence or sexual harassment or violence period, there's not the same rallying cry from feminists across the board. Um, and it, that irked me. And I kept reminding, like, you can easily see whose pain is valued and whose is discarded. You can easily see it. It made me think of the police officer who raped all those black women. Yes. And no one said anything. There was no hashtag for them. There was no movement around Because them. they weren't the right type of victim. Mm -hmm. You know, it, again, when I saw that video of Courtney Love in 2005 saying, you know, if Harvey Weinstein, what's, what's the best advice for young actresses? Well, if Harvey Weinstein invites you to the Four Seasons for a party, don't go. But we decided who we thought Courtney Love was, so her words held no more value for us. You know, when we talk about Bill Cosby and the number of, of women who've, 
who've accused Bill Cosby, but because these were women who had maybe perhaps been playmates, who wanted to be playmates, women who had um, wanted to get into acting, we decided they weren't the right kind of woman. The kind of woman that would cheat with a married man deserves to be raped. The kind of woman that would go to a hotel room with a married man deserves to be raped. The kind, like, we've, di we've made all these decisions about who we're gonna believe. There were so many women before Ashley Judd who'd been saying, screaming, crying the same thing. But because Ashley Judd is educated, comes from an entertainment family, we believe Ashley Judd, she's an advocate. Now we can take these decades of accusation seriously. But that's across the board. You go back to the officer who was raping black women. They weren't the right type of black woman to be believed, which I'm still trying to figure out what, what exactly is the right type of black woman because all kinds of black women have, have suffered, a, suffered sexual violence and violence, but yet there's still no rallying cry. So I'm still trying to figure out, maybe that's on the list of how many dicks it takes to become infertile. If you guys find that information, <laughs> Google that and let me know where that is because I'm curious. And I love that you're using Twitter to make sure that your voice is heard and to have a voice for victims because we talk a lot about call-out culture on Twitter and it's scary. As much as you can put your opinion out there, there's somebody within seconds waiting to be the first to take you down or accuse you of lying. Yeah. And we have to keep speaking out. And it's, sometimes it feels impossible to do that when the minute you do, someone's tearing you down. No, oh, I mean, and some days there's, it's like all the, all the tweets that, that are, oh, this is gonna go, this is gonna be so good. But then it's like, I don't wanna have death threats today, so I'm gonna take a self-care day mm -hmm. and not respond to everything in the exact way that I want to. Today I'm gonna take a day off, or today I'm not gonna, you know, say exact, try to, I'm trying to try to word it in the way that will be most helpful as opposed to the way that I wanna say it exactly, which would just be a bunch of cuss words strung together. Which is, I don't know how helpful it is. I'll feel better. But then it would be like, what the fuck? Did, I don't understand what all of these string of curse words are about. I imagine this whole book was self-care for you on so a lot many of, levels. A lot of it is. And a lot of it caused me to take some mental health days, you know, after writing it. And, and then in doing the audio book. Um, There's an audio book? There's an audio book. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, here for all of us. I want you tell these I mean, need to take a road trip just to listen to <laughs> <them>. <laughs> well, it. It was a different experience, you know, than writing it, than reading it yeah. and bringing, you know, I write like I talk. Um, so there's cussing. Sorry, guys. But um, it was another thing to read it. Mm -hmm. So reading the chapter about my rape was incredibly difficult. Mm -hmm. And then the idea of performing in a sense, the chapter about my rape. I had to go to work after that. We were filming this summer, and before work we were on night, so I was doing my audiobook during the day and then going to work at night. And it just triggered so much. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've suffered from post-traumatic stress syndrome since 1992, and over the years, it's those symptoms have, I don't wanna say they've come and gone, they've just sort of, uh, some are more present than others at different points. Um, but after reading that chapter, I was frozen. Just 
heart racing, sweating, my arm went numb, I'm sitting in the parking lot of the, of the place I was recording, and it was just, it was like it, it was yesterday. Yeah. And, uh, or the chapter about, you know, my dad's uh, infidelity. I wanted and, to DM you, know. you about that. I was like, girl, this? I mean, I know she's your stepmom now and she's fine, but oh my God. Or is God. she? We're not sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have like literally like four minutes, but Keyshawn. Oh, uh, Keyshawn. Oh, which, Keyshawn. Is, which is the name, made up name. Um, she's a real person and she, will, she still wants to kick my ass. Um, the chapter is called Who Hates You the Most? <laughs> And I'm, I don't know if you've ever seen some of the trolls. I feel like there is a list a mile long of people. No, no, I hate this bitch way more than you. <laughs> never like, you met have her. No idea never talked to I her. Hate but I hate um, her. But I hate her. Full I hate time. her so. Full time job. I hate her. I mean, like, with the, the people who are so committed to be in my mentions talk about how much they hate me. And I'm like, you actually really love me because here you are taking time out of your very busy schedule, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> to write me about how much you, I mean, this is a whole paragraph of so, like such specific details, like what exactly about my life and dates and times um, you, when you've hated me the most. Uh, so it really is a form of love uh, and that's how I'm choosing to receive it. But no, Quishan, she was, she, she, was, uh, she was like a menace. She was like in high school and she, when I say she popped up, cause she didn't go to my high school, she would pop up like, like Mitzelflick and if you guys are, Comic people, you get that reference. No comic book people. Mitzelflick. We're only waiting for Black Panther. All right. Oh, okay. I'm like, yes, we'll, we'll be googling. Mitzelflick is not in one, uh, you know, in the, in the world of um, right, the that Ryan Coogler made. But like, he would pop up randomly uh, on the Super Friends, and you had to figure out how to say his name backwards, and that was the only way to get him to to leave. But she was like that. And every time she popped up, she was just firmly committed to kicking my ass, and she would say it like scream it like at a basketball game I'm on the court she's like behind the basket and I'm I told you I was gonna whoop your ass bitch I told you but it was like I had I'd never met her she had decided that I had hurt her feelings by dating I mean it's in the book mm -hmm. Jason Kidd he was my high school boyfriend um I had started dating Jason Kidd after her friend but I guess he was never supposed to move on and the moving on process did not the hurt girl her moved friend. On. She moved but on. There's always yeah. that extra friend. She though. moved on. The oh, friend yeah. moved on. She ended up. We were at UCLA together. Um, her life is amazing. Uh, Quishan. I almost said her real name. <laughs> um, she gonna find Quishan. you. <laughs> she, knows, she, I, she knows exactly where I am. Um, it just hurt her feelings. It really hurt her. Um, what was interesting though is that later, like a couple months later, the guy that her friend had moved on to, she felt that she should sleep with him. Oh. So I was like, you're not even like a good friend. Like you want to kill me, <laughs> probably to this day. But you suck anyway. Over, and like, I've never met you, like you, you know. But yeah, good old Quishan. And it was like the day that we were, you know, just like coming up with like who hates you the most. And um, we were, it was a, a tornado warning in Atlanta when we were filming Being Mary Jane. And Ely was like, well, let's find her. And I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, and, she, and you know, we film in Atlanta. She lives in Atlanta, guys. Wow. So I expected her to kind of 
be like at my trailer, like, what'd you say about me, bitch? (laughs) Still ready to kick my ass. And her pictures, every picture on Facebook, she looks like she's still so angry. Like, she's just angry. And my mom could not believe that I would be afraid because she threatened to kick my ass in front of my mom at the mall. Um, And my mom was like, I don't know why you'd be afraid of a girl with a bullet bra. Like, what the fuck is a bullet? What the fuck? What? You were like, get on, let's get out of here. Yeah, I'm like, she is trying to kill me at the bottom of this escalator, and you are curious about her undergarments. Like, that they, they, her undergarments should somehow influence my life. I don't, I don't understand. Okay, Gabrielle, I have a wife question though before yes. we go. So I feel like I really got to know your marriage to Dwayne so much better reading this book mm-hmm. because work with me on this. You know those conversations y'all we have with our girlfriends where we like wait till our man goes to sleep or you run out on the porch, you do whatever because you're just going in and you don't know if he can handle it or if you want to tell him. Mm-hmm. This book is full of that. Yes. You even say another man is hung like a horse or hung long or something yes. and I'm like, wait. And my husband would have been, so I have to know, like you guys obviously are best friends, but did you say, hey babe, you're going to read this book and you're going to know everything I ever told my girlfriends that didn't tell you or did he already know all this? He did, absolutely did not know. Um, there's okay. a phrase. <laughs> because I'm like bracing for you throughout I mean, these There's chapters. a phrase in the book where I refer to my bucket list of dicks and perhaps running through them. Um, so no, maybe <laughs> no. not that particular, okay. like that, like the, in given. that sort of way. Okay. Um, you know, I had to give them a heads up about like the famous people that were are in my maybe not so distinguished alumni in case they were to run into each other. Right. Um, but no, he read it like, you know, my editor read it. And you know what's funny? The only thing he was nervous about was my chapter about my dad. Interesting. Yeah. He was the like, only one. Uh, what are you going to tell your dad? <laughs> and I was like, I, I think he should probably just read it on the 17th of October with everyone else. Oh, God. Oh. And he was like, yeah, no, that's not going to work. So I like every like holiday, he's like, do it. <laughs> I'm like, it'll ruin, you know, graduation. It's going to ruin the reunion. So finally, I lured my dad to our place in L.A. over Labor Day weekend without my stepmother. Um, And I told him about his chapter because he was thinking his chapter was going to be about him being like a sports dad, like a crazy sports dad. I'm like, well, that's kind of in there. A little bit. Um, A little bit. It's implied. Uh, No, it really was about like the adventures of your dick. Um, (laughs) that like weren't with mom. What did he say? You know what was crazy is, I don't know what I was expecting. You know, usually when you confront somebody, it's a lot of denials and excuses. And he was like, <sighs> I mean, I did it. Yeah. And he was like, and I, I, I didn't try to hide it. And I was like, no, no, you didn't. And he was like, I just didn't know you guys felt that way. And I was like, I'm a little curious how you missed that, but, um, like my parents were married almost 30 years, but he dated my stepmom for like 20 of those 30. And they've now been married almost 22 years. Um, no hard feelings though, guys. <laughs> totally over it. Um, for everyone who's been like, I don't understand a lot of your decisions romantically, read the chapter, it'll be like, got it. Um, yeah, and he was, he was just accountable. He was just accountable, which I wasn't exactly expecting, but I so received. And what it, it allowed me to allow him to evolve. 
because he's not he's not the same man and he's that, thoroughly happy now so that part where your mom was waiting she thought the tickets the for tickets. the ballet i have a memory like that with my mom getting dressed up and and you wait and wait this dude didn't come home and wait Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I really, I mean, this book, you guys, I'm, I'm not saying it's because you're here, but it really touched me in so many parts. And I was like, but what I took away from is that you can go on and you can become an actress. Fabulous. Fabulous. And when. <laughs> you know, you, I mean, you move on with your life and you, it's a, it becomes yeah. a story later because it mm -hmm. does shape you. So. With over a lot of alcohol, which hints the title. We're I'm glad you read wine or tequila. Can we talk about your breakdown? Some of these of stories tequila? require tequila. Some of these stories. <laughs> red wine. She broke it red down. Wine. Like I love when it. you Break need up. red wine and when you need tequila. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yes, Gabrielle. Yes. Okay, we have got to wrap. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Oh, I know. Guys. I'm sorry. So hard. Thank you so much. <laughs> Say goodbye <laughs> to the Thank you, guys. Thank yes. you so much. Thank you. You're going to need more wine. <laughs> we'll no. Gabrielle wants to do a Q&A. You ever want a Q&A? Who has, all right, three questions, hurry up. Stand up and project. I see yes. Julie. Julie, Oh, oh, oh Julie, I, I assumed you were Julie with your hand up. Julie, yes. Since talking to people about your infertility, um, you know, before we knew that you were dealing with that, we were rooting, obviously, for you guys to have a child. And now knowing all of that information, is there, you know, an update you can give us on how everything's going? I mean, I feel like we're still, like, in your corner and wanting it to happen, that baby's gonna be everything and more. You know what's so. crazy is I feel our child, like I feel, I say her, that's the goal, her energy, um, that would be awesome, him, her. Uh, so how she arrives, um, if, I mean, I'm not gonna say if, she, I mean, hopefully she will come into our lives um, in her time. Uh, it hasn't been on my schedule, uh, <laughs> um, and you know, each each time is like a little death. But I know, I can feel her out there. So hopefully, it's beautiful. We have not given up. Prayers are so, awesome. Yeah. Well, since you're next to her, and then we'll go we'll go down here. Yes. Yeah, so oh, thank you. <laughs> Hi, Gabrielle. My name Hi. is Christina. I'm the news and culture editor for Essence.com, and I know you've been very vocal about your wokeness and activism. You've even written an op-ed for us about trafficking, um, which we really appreciated. Um, but I did want to talk a bit about Harvey Weinstein and the just you being an African-American woman in Hollywood. Um, we saw a lot of support around Rose McGowan. And we didn't see that same support around women, black women, specifically like Jamel Hill or even Leslie Jones when she was tra traumatized and harassed on Twitter last year for Ghostbusters. And I was just wondering, as a black woman in Hollywood, do you find that... Um, other women, white women specifically in Hollywood, do they support you or are they, do you find that that feminism that they claim to have is supportive of other black women in Hollywood? It's a great question. I think there are some black women who enjoy the support of white feminists. Some. And then there are the vast majority of us in black Hollywood that support each other. And that is where that exists within our community. Um, Jamel is a very good friend, very close friend. Um, and we have a group chat. And I mean, each, I got some, now that I'm down, I got some dope ass group chats, but yes. Um, but it, immediately we mobilize. What do you need us to do? Do I need to come over? 
you know, to the house? Do I need to whip somebody's ass? Do do I, like what 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 does what does support look like to you? Because we want to give you exactly what you need. Did I see that play out on social media um, in the same way that Rose McGowan got support? No, not even close. Um, or you know, Leslie, like no, it's, no. Um, and how there is the decision made of which women of color get white women support? I don't know. I, I'm not on the committee. Um, <laughs> perhaps that's on the list of how many dick. Like I'm not sure. Uh, but no, there there is a stark difference. And and I tweeted about that last night. You can see whose pain is deemed value, uh, you know, uh, valuable and believable, and um, who you know whose needs need to be addressed immediately, and whose pain is very tolerable and unimportant, and you know, s systematically ignored. Um, but yeah, I'm, it, it's always curious. Uh, I have I have randomly received, and I don't know if it's because I came up with doing, you know, my, my beginnings were bring it on, she's all that, 10 things I hate about you, um, where I've met a lot more um, women who are now in their late 30s and 40s and much more vocal and, um, but I don't know. I don't know what that key thing is that, that makes someone more sympathetic or deserving of support than others. I dole it out. Uh, across the board, um, just because I've suffered as like the, 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 the shit that I've gone through as a woman from a very young age, um, I get it. And I get it as a woman of color and I, I get it as a woman. Obviously I cannot extract those two things. I am a black woman and I experience and move through the world as a black woman. Um, but that's not to say I, I can't have empathy and I try to be as empathetic um, to as many people as possible. Uh, I don't know why that's limited for some. Curious. Let's Google. Thank you. <laughs> yes, ma'am. All right, last question. Yes, ma'am. Right yes, yes, ma'am. Um, so first, I just wanted to thank okay. you for being so open about mental health and your experience with therapy. Um, I've been in therapy for a while, and up until recently, I was very ashamed of that. Um, so in my experience, it's still really stigmatized, especially in the black community. So I wanted to know if you had any pushback from your own family once you started therapy, and if so, like how you dealt with that. Um, no, I, got, I just got lucky, I guess, in that sense. But also, my family moved away from Omaha to the Bay Area when I was eight. So it was only really just my immediate family. And the, the, the reason I got into therapy was bigger than anything that they thought they could handle. You know, our family was very much, you know, keep it in-house type of thing. Like, don't air your dirty laundry type of family. Um, and perhaps if I was with my whole family, it, I might have gotten more more uh, negative blowback. But in my immediate family, they're like, I got nothing, so she's going to have to see a professional. Uh, you know, like my dad, you know, I, we, I talk about it in the book, but... My dad, I was my dad's favorite, and to know that his favorite toy was like defective or broken, he had a hard time looking at me, you know, as his favorite child. Um, so they just weren't equipped 
and they knew enough to be, and, and luckily, like I, and it's weird to say, I was lucky enough to be raped in an affluent community with an underworked police defor- you know, force and an underutilized rape crisis center. So they were like sprung into action. Like the police had been sensitivity trained. They, you know, the, from the time I got to the hospital, like from like the rape kit to the morning after pill and everything in between. I didn't have any problems with workman's comp covering therapy, which kicked in right away. Um, and everyone from the police to the rape crisis counselors um, to the people I dealt with at workman's comp Everyone was like therapy, 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 um, including my family. So I was lucky. But it's, it, when you listen to the stories of me too, you realize that my rape was atypical. You know, most people, um, especially people of color, there is an aversion to, I mean, any mental health, but health. Period. And we all know our history of how we were experimented on. So there's there's good reason for the apprehension. Um, but there's also generations of people that, that could be helped and healed with therapy that have been discouraged from getting the help that they need. Um, so I talk about it like ain't no thing. And I'm so proud that I am still in therapy. Um, Same therapist? You know, no, no, just because I, I move. I move. My husband, he keeps moving. <laughs> So, to cold places. <laughs> to cold places, yes. But it, the, the, you know, the, the great thing is nowadays, like you can. I used to have to move all the time, but now I can keep my LA therapist and just do Skype sessions. There's so many options, um, and so many different therapists that are covered under different insurance policies um, or low and no cost therapy, um, which is great. Which is, you know, a lot of reasons why uh, people in our communities don't seek help. It's expensive, um, but luckily there's a lot of therapists who offer low and no cost. Um, therapy and a lot of online support groups. Anything you can imagine that you've ever gone through, someone else is out there, like just waiting to connect and be a part of, sometimes it's a fucked up community, but to hold you, even if it's a virtual hug and be like, I got you and I see you and you you have so much value and don't let this define you. And they're just out there waiting. Um, So I strongly encourage everyone, even if you feel amazing, it's like, taking your car in for a checkup before it breaks down. Like, you don't have to wait until something awful happens. Just go for a tune-up, marriage counseling, couples counseling, friendship counseling. It all exists before you cut somebody off. (laughs) Thank you, Gabrielle. You guys, before you call your therapist, read her book. Mm -hmm. We're going to need more wine. Still call your therapist, but this will hold you over in the waiting room. It's really great. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks to our guest, Gabrielle Union. And everyone who came to our live taping and all the wonderful people who stayed late to say hey. Hey. If you enjoyed these conversations, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yes, yes Girl. Girl, such as our conversations with Angela Rye, Ursula Stevens, and our November cover star, Mary J. Belage. Hey. You can find these on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you're there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. Hey, Bob. Hey. And our music from Gold Standard Creative. Hey. We'll see you next week. <laughs>